1: Welcome to Spirit's Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week, we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 149, Haunted Dolls. Thank you for letting me talk about haunted dolls for my birthday. Oh, you're welcome, Julia. Happy
2: birthday, plus Thank one. you, plus one, yes. As we're recording it, it is my birthday. But if it is uh, October 9th when you're listening to this episode, it's the day after my birthday. And that doesn't mean anything.
1: I've always been jealous that on your birthday, you can do like fun outdoor activities and also dress in like Cool fall way versus in the depths of February. One cannot.
2: But we drink hot toddies and we can sit by a fireplace for your birthday.
1: That's very true. That's very true. Speaking of which, Julia, tell us what drinks you made as we record this episode for your birthday. Yes. So we talk about them a little bit more after
2: the refill in this episode, but I made Dirty Shirley's, which is a Shirley temple,
1: but Reserve your judgment. Nasty. Listen. Yeah. No, it's it's extremely delicious. <laughs>
2: no, it's it's very very delicious. I made them with a hibiscus grenadine. It was extremely good. And because Haunted Dolls is kind of like a childhood thing that is also Fucked up. I figured uh, Shirley
1: Temple that's also fucked up is a great way to do it. Classic. Do you know who I would serve hibiscus grenadine to and be like, listen, have have more if you want. You deserve it. Is that our new patrons? Our new patrons! Thick Cutie, Same, Addie, Dennis, Austin, Molly, Charlotte, Emily, Alan, Tara, and Nikki, who join the distinguished ranks of our supporting producer-level patrons. Philip, Eeyore, Megan, Skyla, Samantha, Sammy, Josie, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh, and Julia. Those legend-level patrons. Audra, Chris, Mark, Cody, Mr. Folk, Sarah, and Jack Marie. Oh, gosh. I would um, save you all from haunted dolls. I would take a haunted doll into my possession
2: so that you no longer had to have it. Damn. That's saying something, right? I'm a little jealous. That's Mm -hmm. a lot.
1: Yeah. I will put myself out there for our patrons. (laughs) They deserve it. Um, Speaking of which, Julia, if you're like, I don't know, babysitting a a regular baby or a haunted doll, what should we be reading, watching, listening to this week? So on the ride here to the studio, I
2: started listening to Passenger List, which is written by our friend of the show, Lauren Shippen. Good, good friend. It's incredible. It's really, really good. It's got uh, Kelly Marie Tran from Episode 8 of Star Wars. It's the good one, in my opinion people on the internet will yell at me i'm sure extremely great she's wonderful uh, also patty lapone isn't it i can't it's just I, that's a selling point for me always and forever. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, this thing and just sounds really dull. And they're like, yeah, but Patty LaPone's in. I'm like, sign me up for that thing. Yeah, I don't care.
1: I'm here for it. It's It's extremely good, though. Extremely good. A little spooky. A little spooky. A little mystery. Good stuff. Good stuff. And speaking of spookiness, Julia, the day after this episode comes out, we are going to be in Boston, perhaps the spookiest place near us to spend some time Mm. in October in New England. And we're going to be doing a marketing workshop at Harvard, which is exciting because they rejected me when i was 18 uh from college still not better about it it's so it's i'm just saying i get to lecture there now so that's great um and then we're doing our multitude live show yay yes we're going to be playing a very fun game that i have invented called
2: trick or treat i won't tell you the details because you know we want you to come see the show and it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: uh, but amanda is going to be put to a spooky test and i'm excited to see how she does <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, Julia is also going to be participating as a, uh, let's say, guest of honor Mm. in the final segment of the night. And we are so excited. It's the hosts you love from multitude talking about subject matter that we love in new and inventive ways. So it is super exciting. You will really enjoy yourself. I promise we'll have merch there for sale. We'll have an exclusive tour poster, all kinds of stuff. You can come shake our hands, watch us drink beer at the bar afterward. Give us a hug if you're into that. Have us sign your books, which, you know, I just I'll I'll sign any book. Yes, Amanda uh, will sign much. any book. <laughs> I've seen it happen. <laughs> but I'll I'll sign any any tangentially spirits related book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are we are so 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 excited. And if you want to keep in the loop about this show about future workshops, events, live shows, merch, maybe that we are coming up with, I don't know, mm-hmm. sign up for our mailing list, go to multitude.productions and sign up for the email list at the very bottom of the page. And you'll be the first to know about all new exciting things multitude.
2: Yes, absolutely do it. Amanda's emails are fantastic. You, you'll you actually be excited to see them in your inbox rather than being like, ah, another
1: old Navy one. <laughs> and I promise never to include images of the things we talk about on today's episode of Spirits Podcast, episode 149,
2: Haunted Dolls. Amanda. <gasps> Julia. Haunted Doll Watch.
1: It's a haunted doll episode, yay! I've been wanting
2: to do one of these for a very long time at this point. Yeah. And the fact that we're finally getting to it, this, the spookiest of
1: all months, it has me delighted. What better way to uh, to really get into our October than with a haunted doll roundup? Okay, so Amanda, we're going to start off by
2: me asking you to take a moment mm-hmm. and yep. tell me what you think of immediately
1: when I say the word haunted dolls. Uh, Why'd? ever seeing, never sleeping eyes, Mm -hmm. like glass. Mm -hmm. Maybe they move on their own when you think you're not looking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Probably like a Victorian dress or some kind of like antiquated looking dress. Like I don't think of, you know, uh, Kit, the American Girl doll, as necessarily being haunted. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Just like limbs or heads moving when they should not be uh, and like kind of turning to look at you. Okay.
2: All right. Interesting. So uh, movement on its own the big one uh you're going victorian style so the classic like woman in white but in doll form
1: yeah or like pink you know it it can look like a traditional sort of kid's toy but something like flowery lacy kind of frippery Mm. in the in the clothing i feel like levitation on their own too might be a haunted uh element okay interesting so um the cool thing is uh haunted dolls
2: They're not just a recent revival by people trying to make money off eBay, which we'll talk about a little bit, but they actually date back centuries. So one of the first examples of a quote unquote haunted doll can be traced back to the 20th century BCE, Uh, but instead of a doll, they appeared as wax figures. Oh. So, uh, in fact, it was believed that Egyptian wax figures could be molded and malleable. So, therefore, it made them a powerful material in order to inflict change and harm onto creatures. Interesting. So, there are stories of Nectanebo II, who was said to be a great magician and who had a secret room in his palace full of wax figures that he would use to defeat armies of his enemies. Oh, shit. Uh, and then there was another example of the use of wax figures uh, that's traced back to the judicial records of Ramses III, who had many of his enemies tried on the accusation that they were trying to use wax figures in order to weaken and potentially kill him.
1: I mean, in a world where candlelight is your only light at nighttime, that is uh, extremely kind of witch trial to be like, there is wax in his home. He's trying to kill me. He must, but it's oddly shaped like a human. <laughs> and it's wet. you know like most candles <laughs> and it's in the design of the pharaoh odd <laughs> yeah i guess there's no like pharaoh scented candles that are being sold when people visit the uh, the capital huh? no
2: i don't think so i don't think that was like a marketable thing back then
1: or you could call it a pharaoh scented candle and it would be the smell of the pharaoh as he is killed No. Oh
2: no, don't like that. No good. No Mm, good. No, no, no. Poppets are also another example of dolls with supernatural abilities. So these date back to Greek and Roman times with examples being found all through the ancient Mediterranean. Uh, In terms of mythological ties, Hecate's worshippers were said to use bronze and lead poppets as a way of binding lovers is very cool. So one such notable worshiper was Sametha who melted a wax figure of her lover Delphus. So here's the quote from Theocritus's work, quote, The Witches. That's, not, that's the English translation of it. It's a very cool yeah. name in Greek that I'm not going to try and pronounce. Here's the quote. Delphus has brought me pain and I burn this bay leaf against Delphus as it crackles in the flames with a sharp noise and flares leaving no trace
1: of ash. So may Delphus's body melt in the flame. Ooh. Ooh, yes! I love a uh, an extra sensory haunting, and that little crackling noise really drives it home. I love like the dried bay leaf crack. Ba-da. I also just uh, yesterday made butternut squash soup with several dried bay leaves. Ooh, haunted! Did you burn them in the hopes that they would destroy your lovers? No. Okay. No, good. I did not.
2: So puppets and the way that they are used is known as sympathetic magic, so it's the same thing as the Egyptian wax figures where the doll is meant to represent a being and then bring desired changes to their behavior. So they're typically seen now as a method that some modern day pagan practitioners use in sympathetic magic. Sure. So one of the things that really comes to mind for a lot of people when we start discussing stuff like puppets and effigies is the voodoo doll, but in fact traditional Haitian voodoo and Louisiana voodoo do not really hold that kind of sympathetic figural magic in
1: high importance you're telling me julia that the film scooby-doo on zombie island portrays the use of voodoo dolls as in fact wrong you know now that i'm kind of looking
2: into this and we talked about scooby-doo on zombie island before i did the research on this episode but it's probably more likely that they were using poppets and wax figures and the scooby gang just assumed that they were voodoo dolls but in that fact, sense. it might be historically accurate that these white people would be using the dolls and not like people of color.
1: Well, tell me what you have learned about voodoo dolls.
2: What we think of as the voodoo doll is historically derived from Europe rather than the African diaspora. So cunning folk in Britain, uh, I don't know if you know what they are, but they're basically like folk magic practitioners who would use folk magic as a way of warding off actual witch evil magic. So they were like accepted practitioners of magic. Interesting. Yes. So they would create rag dolls against witches that would then be pierced by pins or nails in order to inflict physical harm against the witches and then break the curses that they placed on local villagers.
1: Fascinating. I never knew that there was a sort of like uh, using magic against magic users phenomenon, but that makes complete sense. Yeah. And it's kind of like uh in D&D when you have a concentration
2: spell and then you're damaged <laughs> and then the, yeah. the, the spell ends. That's it's yeah. basically the same thing. So yeah, um, white people use what we would quote unquote call voodoo dolls, but
1: not really people of color. Yep, yeah, that sounds like the, you know, project of systemic racism to put something on a group of people who you want to be seen as other that has almost nothing to do with their actual lived experience. So, yeah.
2: So with a little bit of that background, I want to take a moment to figure out why we think that dolls, whether they're haunted or being used to influence others or not. Why are dolls so dang creepy? What do you think? Well, I found a study that tells me what oh. like. <laughs> oh, good. So according to a 2013 study done by psychologist Frank Andrew, creepiness comes down to the fact that dolls evoke an uncertain amount of danger. So here's the quote from uh, from Dr. Andrew. He said, you're getting mixed messages. If something is clearly frightening, you scream, you run away. If something is disgusting, you know how to act. But if something is creepy, It might be dangerous, but you're not sure it is. It's, there's an ambivalence. So basically he surveyed more than 1,300 people about what creeped them out the most. And actually collecting dolls was named one of the creepiest hobbies. (laughs) Oh, no. I really think it's all the eyes. What is more important is that being creeped out makes you hypervigilant, which is why you feel on edge when something creeps you out. Right. When it comes to dolls, it's because human beings look at faces for information. So you look for intention, you look for emotion, you look for potential threat. But since doll faces don't have any of that information
1: for us to use, our brain is just not into that whatsoever. And you can just project anything that you are worrying about onto the unchanging face.
2: Absolutely. Uh, really interestingly, the article talks a bunch about the uncanny valley, which you know we talk about in video games and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, the actual phrase originated from a Japanese roboticist named Masahiro Mori in a 1970 essay. And the title of the essay was Bukimi no Tani, which better translates to valley of eeriness, which I think is so mm. much better. That is extremely good. It's such quality stuff. I love it so, so much. So that is why we think dolls are creepy. We just can't get a read on them. And we're just like, oh, this looks like human baby, but it's not showing emotions of human baby. What is wrong with it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that that also reminds me of some of our previous discussions of changelings. And depending on whether a a person's exhibiting behavior or a, a baby is doing what we think of as like, quote unquote, normal behavior, our brains pick out differences from pattern and see it as a potential threat, like you said. So That's just, ah, things come back around. We similarly talked about
2: this too when I talked about the uh, creepy clown episode.
1: Yes. Which
2: I don't really want to relive, but here we go. (laughs) But again, it's the idea of the weird painted clown face is terrifying to us because it's a depiction that we can't see past. It's like wearing a mask. Yeah. And so that makes it creepier because we can't gauge the emotional connection that we would have with a quote unquote normal person. Very true. And then Amanda, of course, uh, There's the haunted doll market. (laughs) Uh, So if you got the joke at the beginning of the episode, I don't need to explain it. But if you didn't, uh, anyone who has listened to the excellent podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me uh, is probably familiar with the Haunted Doll Watch. Uh, It is a segment on the show where the oldest brother, Justin, reads these buck wild listings for haunted dolls on websites like eBay and Etsy. Etsy has a haunted doll section, Amanda. Oh, no. They've infiltrated Julia. Well, it's it's because, and I'll talk about this a little later, it's because eBay is trying to kick all the haunted doll people off.
1: Yeah. Uh, these are folks who are selling dolls who they claim have uh, spiritual um, uh, passengers. Yes. And talking all about what kinds of hauntings they can expect, what kind of spirit it is, and promising, you know, some wild claims. Don't worry. I'll break it down.
2: So most of these haunted dolls average around $50, which does not include shipping, by the way. Oh, no. Or tax. Then tax, no. Tax.
1: Spooky. Ooh,
2: the haunted doll. You must pay taxes on it. The listings tend to have a pretty standard formula. So they will tell you about the spirit's life story. Uh, they will tell you how the spirit died and came to occupy the doll. And then they will describe the doll's personality. Uh, the dolls are typically described as being active or highly active, because why buy a haunted doll if it's not going to do anything, right? Very true. So these active dolls tend to be advertised as moving on their own accord, making noises, or communicating via Ouija boards and even telepathy sometimes. Wow. What a what a swing. The variety of types of spirits is also a feature in the haunted doll business. So if you're in the market for a malevolent doll, like the ones we're going to talk about after the break, you are in luck don't worry, you can get that demon that's in a small doll. (laughs) Um, But if you're in the market for a doll that can be an artistic muse or might attract love life into your life, then there are listings for you as well. It's also super important to know, as we were pointing out before, that uh, eBay policy strictly prohibits the selling of human souls and metaphysical items, (laughs) which they had to add in
1: 2013. I just really, I want to be, I want to see that email chain. I want to yes. see the email chain where somebody is like, "Hey, Michael, I'm really sorry to bother you, uh, but this is this is we're gonna have to review our policy here." Sellers tend to
2: get around these restrictions by claiming that they are quote for entertainment purposes only, or that they are
1: selling the doll as is, which is that's excellent. so funny. It that's so much like. Uh, on LiveJournal, after Warner Brothers sent like a takedown notice to a fanfic author, uh, where people just started putting "copyright not intended" in the like description of their fanfic, which like doesn't give A, do the doesn't mean anything, and B, saying "I don't try to take your intellectual property" doesn't mean that it's not or that someone will argue it's not copyright fraud. It's not copyright fraud because it's fanfiction, but like okay, all
2: right. Uh, oh, oh, fanfiction, so interesting in so many different ways. I love it so much. To kind of avoid the eBay thing, a lot of doll listings are moving to Etsy now, which is not as strict in their can't sell human souls uh, agenda.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All I know is that I have fallen down the plant Etsy rabbit hole and I've not made any purchases yet because if I do, it will never stop.
2: Yeah, no, I'm worried about your wallet in case you start to make more <laughs> purchases. I also worry about like the shipping of plants. I feel like getting a like, local plant more important.
1: It'd be more like plant supplies, oh, like, okay. you know, different soil mixes or, or pots or something. But I'm just I'm not opening that door, Julie, because I don't know what lurks behind it. I feel like
2: there's enough local places for you to kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of 100%. going
1: going to Etsy and having them shipped from however far away. Yeah, gotta gotta be aware of our carbon emissions here because climate change is the true specter. Yes, that is true. Um, so now that we've got a little
2: context on haunted dolls, I say we should go grab a refill, and then I can tell you about some of my favorite haunted dolls.
1: Let's do it, Julia. We are sponsored this week by Calm, hmm. and as you know, not not the most wonderful um, friend of mine, sleep can be very challenging, especially when you're on the road and in a a new environment. I really enjoy that no matter how my evening is going, if I end up needing something to listen to when I'm up at night that isn't a podcast, because then I'll start getting into it and then get more awake. And it just doesn't work for me to go back to sleep. I know that I can listen to Calm. They have wonderful soundscapes. They have guided meditations. They have sleep stories, which are bedtime stories for adults that are extremely well produced. So like the volume never gets too loud. It actually kind of gets softer over the course of the story. As you fall asleep. Sleep. it's amazing and they're just like there's wonderful images for you to focus your mind on it's calming it's soothing there are lots of trains i love it so so much and spirits listeners today you can get 25 percent off a calm premium subscription at calm.com spirits yep that is calm.com spirits for 25 percent off a premium subscription c-a-l-m dot c-o-m slash spirits
2: amanda it's fall now Sure is. And as the uh, the copy for this next product says, it's time to fall back into a healthy routine. So Care Of is a wellness brand uh, that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs. I think especially for me, as we kind of go into fall and a new season, I tend to, you know, I have the seasonal affective disorder. So it makes it a little hard for me to transition into those darker evenings and, you know, shorter days. So I was really excited for Care Of to sponsor us for the fall. So care of is really, really easy to do. All you have to do is take their online quiz. It's short. It's fun. It takes five minutes and you answer easy questions about your diet, your lifestyle and your health needs. And then it's super, super easy and convenient. So your order gets shipped right to your door in these convenient deli little packs that are also biodegradable, which They're is the best They're compostable. Yo! so good and care of really cares about the difference that they're making so like we said they have that new compostable packs for all of their vitamins but they also have vegan and vegetarian supplement options it, which i think is really important and really cool that they provide those
1: absolutely and listeners you can get 25% off your first care of order at takecareof.com when you enter the code spirits yep again that is 25% off your first care of order by going to careof.com and entering the promo code spirits and finally Julia, this episode is brought to you by Hello Fresh, which has given me my favorite go-to fall meal, and not even lying here y'all. It is the pork tenderloin with potatoes and green beans, but the best part is this like fig jam balsamic sauce. It is so good. And I immediately, the next time I went to the grocery store, bought the ingredients to like keep that in my pantry because I just, I want on everything, on chicken, on potatoes, on vegetables, on pork. Love it. I didn't get that one, but I did get the
2: pork tacos that had this chipotle crema on top. And Jake is very picky about the kind of tacos that he eats. And oh my God, I'm saving the recipe so we can make it again. It was so
1: freaking good. I love that. These meals are always easy to make. They're really simple, so whether you are a beginner cook or somebody who wants to like go in there and in just like half an hour get your dinner to the table. It is really easy to do. They're delicious. We promise they're extremely good. And they're also really flexible. So you can add extra meals to your weekly order if you have like guests, for example, or you want a meal prep for your lunch. And then you can also add on sides like garlic bread or cookie dough, different things for you to add on to your meal, which I think is awesome.
2: Yeah. And the really nice thing, too, is you can change when your delivery comes so you don't have to have it every week or whatever. Uh, We tend to be traveling a lot. So I don't always get my HelloFresh order delivered because I'm in Portland or you know Seattle or something Uh, and they're really flexible about that too and they take
1: food preferences into account so I was like yo I can't have onion or garlic and that's a bummer but please don't give me things that depend on that and that's why I didn't get the tacos because you had to get that onion there was onion in there oh yeah it was quick pickle onion it was very delicious Uh, quick pickle I love it so much well, you today can get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh at HelloFresh.com Spirits80 and enter the code Spirits80.
2: Yep, again, that is $80 off your first month of HelloFresh by going to HelloFresh.com Spirits80 and then entering the promo code Spirits80 at checkout
1: And with that, let's get back to the show.
2: I've actually made us uh, some, I hate the name of this, but some Dirty Shirley's, which is like an adult Shirley temple. Uh, But the important part in making an adult Shirley temple is not the booze that you pick, but rather the quality of the grenadine that you pick.
1: Yes. At my housewarming party, friend of the show, Andrea, from our Gender Fuck the Gods episode and cross-dressing episode brought me fancy-ass grenadine, and I can never go back. Yes. I am a big fan of BG Reynolds' hibiscus grenadine. So that's what I made these with. It's, that's it. the note I wasn't able to place it. That little oh, floral so tasty. that little floral hop. I love it so much. It does remind me, though, uh, the name as as regrettable as it may be, about the fact that some of these uh, haunted doll listings do talk about uh, the uh, erotic nature to the doll, which yeah. is which is something
2: um so the ones that i'm going to be telling you about i did not pick any erotic content doll stories i'm sorry to <laughs> <Good>. disappoint
1: <laughs> i just want to i just want to say that's a thing that exists in the world and we'll just move on past it that is uh so basically dirty shirley
2: um high quality vodka i usually go tito's a really good grenadine like i said the hibiscus grenadine extremely good a little bit of lime a little bit of simple syrup and then ginger beer to top it off very important delish yeah. Okay. So that's our drink for the t- the day. Uh, it reminded me of childhood, but corrupted. So haunted dolls. Amen. Amen. So the first doll that I want to talk about is probably one of the most well-known since she is kind of a pivotal part of the Conjuring film series, Uh, and that is Annabelle. I don't think you've seen any of these movies, Amanda. Am I right? No. Okay. So if you have seen the films, uh, Annabelle is a much creepier version of what she looks like in real life. In real life, uh, she is just a Raggedy Ann doll. Okay. You know what a Raggedy Ann doll looks like, right? I do, I do. Yeah. So it just like kind of patchworky looking, like it looks like a child's toy. It's not remotely as creepy as most haunted dolls are. And in the film she is like this cracked, worn out porcelain doll style of creepy, which is the one that you kind of alluded to at the beginning of the episode. But no this
1: Yeah. It's just a raggedy end. <laughs> I think the um the more sort of realistic looking the face like you were saying earlier the higher the creep factor. So Raggedy Ann doll seems like a like a kid's toy, you know, and not like a a simulacrum of a person.
2: Right. And I think it, I think it's interesting too because the Raggedy Ann doll is like one of those dolls that like all of the kids during that time had one of those. It's like like having a Furby, you know. It was in every oh, home.
1: Yeah. Or Cabbage Patch Kid. a Cabbage Patch. Kid. Which I never wanted cuz that that seemed kind of creepy to me too yes no baby face also creepy uh
2: so annabelle uh came into the public eye because she was a part of the occult museum that was owned by famous paranormal investigators ed and lorraine warren uh amanda if that name sounds familiar it's because we talked about them in our long island urban legends episode because they were the paranormal investigators who were called upon to look into the amityville horror haunting i sure do remember I'm proud of you. I'm so proud. So the Warrens claimed that they were given the doll by a nursing student in either 1968 or 1970, sources vary, who had in turn been given the doll as a birthday present from her mother. So she had consulted a medium after the doll began to, quote, act strangely. Oh, no. I mean, the doll
1: acting at all, frankly, is strange.
2: Yeah. So this included mysteriously changing position or even appearing in different rooms from where she had been left.
1: Yikes. According to
2: the medium, the doll was possessed by a girl named Annabelle Higgins, who had lived in the home that had been torn down to make the apartment building that the girls now lived in.
1: Ah, development is the
2: true specter. It is. So Annabelle supposedly died at seven years old. So knowing this, the nursing student and her roommate attempted to care for the doll as if she was a little girl and tried to coexist with it. Oh, no. So however, uh, the paranormal events began to escalate. So the students would find paper with the words, help me, written in crayon in strange places. Uh, Uh, It culminated in an event where the doll levitated on its own. (gasps) <gasps> and then also the fiance of one of the students had a dream where the Annabelle doll attempted to strangle him. And when he awoke and found it on the couch with him, he tossed it across <gasps> the room. Uh, and then the girls claimed that several wounds appeared without cause on his body looking like claw marks. Extremely bad. Every detail of that was extremely bad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just awful. I feel like at that point, that's, you just got to get rid of the doll. You can't get rid you of the can't doll and also move. Yeah, just forever. Just get get out of there. So this was, of course, the final straw for the girls. It probably shouldn't have been, should have been much earlier, who then reached out to the local church for help. The priest there recommended that they contact the Warrens, who then accepted the doll for safekeeping. She still currently resides in the Warrens' occult museum and is kept in a wooden case with a glass front door. It's got a sign that says, Warning, positively do not open on it. Good. And has, for whatever reason, a devil tarot card stuck to its door. Not sure why I couldn't find a reasoning (laughs) behind that, just was there. The museum regularly invites a priest to bless the room that Annabelle is kept in. In the past, the Warrens have claimed that people who have interacted with the doll in the museum have been met with horrifying fates.
1: What then? The sign is there for a reason.
2: The sign is there for a reason. Okay, so (sighs) for example, a priest visiting the Warrens' home before the museum was created uh, threw the doll across the room with the proclamation that God is more powerful than the devil. Okay. After this event, on his way back to the church, he was in a car accident with a tractor trailer. Uh, Though he managed to survive the incident, he did claim that he saw an image of the doll in his rearview window before the accident occurred. No. Another man, a visitor to the museum, ignored the signs on the case and banged on the door of the doll's case. Uh, a few days no. later, he reportedly died in a motorcycle accident. I will also point out um, that there is just little to no proof of any of this information other than the Warren's sure. words on
1: the topic. And like
2: one of the most common ways to die is in a, a motor vehicle yeah, accident. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, but I do kind of love the lore behind it. Like the Warrens are kind of problematic as people and investigators and they've taken advantage of a lot of shitty situations, you know, depending on who you ask. So um
1: I just think it's a really interesting story regardless of whether or not it is true. And it it really hits on very many of our like horror movie tropes here. Like each of the scenes you described is so cinematic and you know, is that because those are the stories that we think are believable because we've been trained by horror movies to expect stuff like that? Or I don't know, is there something about the like I'm sure you're going to touch on it, but the Chucky doll style haunting of a child's sort of plaything coming at you and exacting revenge upon adults that's inherently kind of transgressive and creepy. So
2: Amanda, I I know that both of us love a good Japanese urban legend. Hell yeah. So I'm gonna tell you about one of my favorite Japanese haunted dolls, Okiku. I'm ready for it. So in 1918, a boy named Akichi Suzuki bought a doll for his then two year old sister Okiku, while on a trip to Hokkaido, okay? So, uh, it was a porcelain doll. It was dressed in traditional garb. It had a traditional style haircut. So, like, bangs, long black hair, etc. So, very, like, well-kept and neat. His younger sister, Okiku, was absolutely delighted by the gift. Loved it. Like, best gift ever. So, she would take the doll with her everywhere. She insisted that it would never leave her side. Adorable. Really cute. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the girl died about a year later after being struck with influenza. So as a way of honoring her, they took the doll and placed it on their family altar. The place of prominence for the doll would lead to a shocking discovery, however. Oh, no. So after a short amount of time, the well-kept hair of the doll started to grow longer and longer, growing at odd angles and lengths. So this continued until the hair grew all the way down past the doll's knees. And despite the fact that the family would trim the hair of the doll, it would continue
1: to grow. Wow, that's such an interesting play on the... Uh, unfounded urban legend that nails and hair grow after death. Yes. So the family came to the conclusion that their
2: daughter's spirit must now occupy the doll. So the family is faced with a dilemma 20 years later, now in 1938, when the Suzuki family planned to move. So they were extremely reluctant to bring the doll with them to their new home because it's a doll that's hair keeps growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also they couldn't conceive of getting rid of it because they were still convinced that it held the spirit of their daughter. So and what a What a thing to have
1: to deal with! Like I can't, I can't imagine the grief.
2: Yeah. So, as a compromise, the family brought it to a temple in Hokkaido, which is the area that the doll was originally purchased. So, the temple accepted the doll, despite the family being pretty upfront about its strange qualities. And the hair continued to grow while in the temple's care. So the doll still remains at the temple in Hokkaido to this day. And there are many, many stories about the doll supposedly making noises like a small child or even getting up and walking around the temple. So in recent years, people have attempted to come up with like a scientific reason as to why the hair might grow. So samples of the doll's hair have been taken and it's been proven that the hair from the doll. is human hair Mm. so yeah so you can go and uh, see the doll if you go to Hokkaido Japan
1: you know I'd love to go to Japan but I I don't know if that's gonna be my itinerary
2: oh come on it's fun they have a bunch of pictures of the doll like throughout the years with the hair being different lengths and everything it's very cool
1: I really don't I'd really I'd really rather not
2: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I get it. I get it. Okay, and of course, Amanda, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't close this roundup out with one of the creepiest haunted dolls there there just is out there. And that is Robert the Doll.
1: What what's Robert the Doll?
2: Oh, Robert the Doll. So this is a doll that has supposedly caused job loss, divorce, broken bones, and car accidents? Oh no. Uh, so he was a doll that was originally owned by an artist from a rich family in Key West. Uh, the man's name was Robert Eugene Otto, uh, but he was better known to his family as Jean. So Robert the doll was originally given to Jean as a birthday gift by his grandfather, who had brought the doll back to the States from a trip to Germany. So after digging into some points, it was... I kind of determined that Robert was probably not intended to be a child's toy, uh, but rather he was probably used as a window display by the Steve Company. So um, you might know the Steve Company for one of their other uh, famous inventions, the classic teddy bear.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. So these folks know what they're doing in the kids' toy department. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So, despite being a childhood gift, Gene kept the doll with him well into adulthood. Gene's relationship with the doll uh, was seen as... To some of his family members, strange and unhealthy, Uh, they would recount stories about how he would bring it with him everywhere, how he would talk to the doll as if it was a person rather than a doll. Uh, Like most children, Gene would blame the doll for accidents, but adults in Gene's life would tell stories about
1: how the doll would
2: seemingly move on his own, even when he wasn't in the presence of Gene.
1: I feel like the fact that the doll is male is also creepy, Because we have so many examples of like, you know, like I was describing earlier, the sort of like a wife in the attic, you know, like Victorian woman doll. Um, And something about something about a a male doll seems really sinister.
2: Yeah. um, Interestingly, Robert is traditionally shown wearing um a little sailor's outfit right which people have speculated that that was one of Jean's childhood outfits that he then dressed the doll in after he grew out of the clothes because robert the doll is a pretty big doll he's like you know toddler sized
1: oh no that's very scary <laughs> it's very bad also like i don't know i i hope this doesn't obviously it's gonna end poorly because we're talking about it on spirits but uh people have comfort objects and like that's not that's not out of this world there's nothing wrong with that listen people have
2: comfort objects it's it's totally fine if that's the thing that like you know brings you comfort and you know helps you out in situations where you might you know be going through something rough uh like more power to you when they start being haunted though that's when it gets a little creepy yeah yeah
1: yeah haunting no good
2: so uh Robert stayed with Jean for the rest of his days, and when he died in 1974, his house was bought by Myrtle Reuter, who took custody of the home as well as its occupant, Robert the Doll.
1: No, see, you don't, you don't buy, you don't buy, you don't buy a house with a Robert the Doll in it. You do, apparently, especially when it's good real estate in Key West. (laughs) <laughs> julian
2: no beach is worth that i don't know i don't know about that so it seems that robert got a little bit more active after his owner died just a little
1: <laughs> so. or is it that the owner joined robert um in, in in that spirit in the doll and now there's two there's double the energy oh you got a good point there okay so myrtle and
2: guests would often hear footsteps in the attic where robert was kept and of course childlike giggling No. (laughs) No. Probably shouldn't keep him in the attic. I feel like you should give him a prominent display. Yes. You know? Yes. You have to keep it satisfied, but also within sight at all times. Yes. Okay, good. So some people would sometimes either insult Robert the doll or Jean in front of the doll, and they would claim that the doll's expression would change, which goes back Ugh. to the creepy level of dolls yeah. in itself is that like, yeah. oh, doll, they're never their expression never changes. It's always creepy. It's always the same one flat note. The fact that the doll's
1: expression changes somehow so much worse. It really is. And and expecting that to happen and not having like a sort of unchanging thing that your brain is constantly trying to like scry for information is really just asking you to imagine facial expressions changing.
2: Yeah, no, don't like that. Uh, So this kind of went on for about 20 years. No, uh, much too long. Until Myrtle decided that it was time to donate the doll to the Fort East Martello Museum. So suddenly, Robert became a very popular attraction at this museum. (laughs) Um, Interestingly, Robert the doll gets a lot of mail. Oh, no. Uh, One to three letters a day, according to the museum. Was this like a very popular story? Yeah. Um, Do you want to guess what the letters are about? These one to three letters a day. Are they like marriage proposals? They're not.
1: Interesting. Okay. Uh, Most of them are apologies. To their own Roberts the doll. No, to Robert the doll. No, no, no. But is it from like, is it from people who got rid of their dolls and want to beg for forgiveness? So it is from people who visited Robert at the museum and then
2: disrespected Robert the doll. No. Uh, The doll... People who disrespect Robert the doll um, report having misfortunes fall upon them after visiting the museum. So this is when I said Robert the doll causes broken, broken marriages, oh no. broken bones, car accidents, all that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, listen, misfortune befalls you all the time. It's not necessarily correlated to the doll you saw. Well, maybe don't insult random objects that you know may or may not be haunted. Also good. Also, be nice
2: to AI. Don't just demand things from... It's absolutely true. Your- women coded ai good point amanda uh so in order to appease robert many visitors bring him candy money and again this is according to the museum the occasional joint oh okay thanks florida see florida florida fucks Uh, so obviously there are a bunch of other haunted dolls both in pop culture and as real life examples but i thought these really highlighted kind of the global interest in these bad boys you know yeah You know, there's this really interesting one in Singapore that I wanted to talk about, but I didn't have, like, enough information on it. Uh, But basically, it's a Barbie doll that is displayed in a memorial temple that is said to have supernatural powers. I don't have a lot of information about it, but if one of our listeners does, I would love to hear more about this because it fascinates me in a way that I, I can't quite, like, you know, express in a yeah. It just it's it's really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, that like juxtaposition between a a doll for fun and a place of remembrance and mourning is inherently just it's asking for drama. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So if you have information about that Singaporean uh, Barbie doll that is worshipped and has supernatural powers, I want to hear all about it, please. But Amanda, what what are your feelings on haunted dolls after after this new information? Some historical background, some great examples. Not just eBay listings.
1: Well, it sounds like, ah, uh, like Victorian dolls did not offend. Yeah, it sounds no, like not we really. have, ah, uh, we have very many examples in ancient history. We have some, ah, uh, contemporary examples and some from the early twentieth century. But I think the, ah, uh, you know, the doll in the long sweeping dress is probably going to be
2: pretty okay. Yeah, no, for the most part, you know, I think we've just inherently learned, like, ah, uh, yes old things are creepy and we're at the period of time where Victorian style is quote unquote old to us. So I imagine that that's why it's it's fundamentally creepier, but not as many examples in real life of those kind of haunted dolls that I've seen.
1: Yeah. I'm also just thinking back to how much I did and kind of still do like think that objects have feelings as a kid you know the movie the brave little toaster really fucked me up and i i got i threw like a a tantrum sobbing and crying when my parents renovated our house and replaced our old kitchen sink with a new one and i was just so attached to it and didn't want it to go anywhere and i was mourning the sink and had to go to the dump to say goodbye to it that's Um, adorable and that's pretty much how I still am. Like I, you know, I love my robot son cleaning vacuum mm-hmm. and I, I love my plants and I want them to be well. And I feel bad if I drop a pen like, oh, no. And so it sounds really silly, but part of me definitely believes that objects, you know, deserve respect in the way that people do. And I think one extreme of that is, well, if you wrong them, then they will make their own revenge. Yeah. And that definitely fits into the stuff we've been talking about today
2: absolutely um i just sent you a picture of robert the doll by the way
1: i am not going to look at it i'm sorry do it do it no
2: i don't okay and you can see he's surrounded by all of his letters that people sent being like hey sorry about that uh
1: my wife and i got divorced you know i think what's creepier than robert is the dog that robert is holding it
2: is also very creepy i will give you that
1: yeah it is just like
2: uh, it's a whole thing there the eyes the eyes are terrifying too
1: also his little like weird grinchy looking feet the feet are very grinchy yeah that's very true and you're right the sailor outfit definitely looks like a real person's a real person's mm-hmm. outfit yeah
2: for oh, sure boy. uh robert we find you very attractive and please don't uh do anything to us
1: <laughs> robert i respect your right to live your life i just do not wish to intersect with it mm-hmm.
2: that is completely fair we will never go see robert the doll in person
1: absolutely this is a promise i
2: am making you amanda live on this podcast (laughs) right now
1: thank you I, i truly appreciate it and i hope that florida listeners uh do not tread there but in case you go near it or have to drive by or even think of it just remember stay creepy stay cool Thanks again to our sponsors at Calm.com slash Spirits, you can get 25% off your Calm premium subscription. And at TakeCareOf.com with the code Spirits, you can get 25% off your first order. And HelloFresh.com slash Spirits80 and the code Spirits80 will get you $80 off your first month of HelloFresh.